Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Soma Breath. There are so many avenues, right, to reaching our truth, and we talk about so many of them on the show. And I really believe that we're here to experience something beyond what we last believed was possible. And I like to call it the edge, right? The edge of new discovery. It's one of my most favorite places. And those that create on that edge, I consider my soul brothers and soul sisters. I always feel super inspired by people who are being the possibility in the world. And I truly believe that we have the ability to heal on all levels of our being within ourselves. And today's conversation opens the door to ancient and sacred knowledge to help us unlock new awareness. Niraj, the renegade pharmacist, joins me on the show today. He says back when he was 24 years old, he was a legal drug dealer as a pharmacist. He was eager to bring good health to his local community, but instead he saw firsthand that patients were going home with shopping bags full of drugs but never getting any better. In fact, he saw that regular patients were often prescribed even more medication to counteract the negative side effects of the initial medication. This caused a lot of stress and overwhelm in his lifestyle. It felt unfulfilling to him. And eventually he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Niraj was housebound with debilitating illness for almost a year. He was told by doctors that his condition was incurable, that he would have to take medication for the rest of his life. It was here that Niraj was presented with a choice that would mark the turning point in his life. He was either going to be a guinea pig for a new and untested drug or undergo a surgical removal of the colon. Niraj chose neither of those, and he took the option unknown to conventional medicine and even to himself. He embarked upon a journey of profound healing. He learned from people who had great success in curing themselves or others from chronic illness. He studied, he learned to implement natural treatments, including Ayurvedic practices and dietary changes. He studied spiritual healing methods like meditation and yoga. He studied mind power techniques, things like self-hypnosis and NLP. Niraj even discovered the powerful techniques of sound and music therapy as tools for reducing stress and promoting physical and emotional healing, thanks to his lifelong love for music. Of course, Niraj no longer practices as a traditional pharmacist. His entire perception of disease and how to cure it has changed through his own experiences. And he believes that stress that's associated with modern living is at the root cause of all disease. He went on to create Soma Breath. Soma's overall mission is to empower people with knowledge, tools, and techniques to make positive and lasting changes in their lives. Soma breath techniques have the power to transform someone even down to a cellular level. Soma breath is considered a whole 
framework for total life transformation. It's a complete holistic system of pranayama techniques, which can be arranged into different sequences depending on the type of workshop you're attending or can be tailored to your specific needs because truly there's no one size that fits all. So with no further ado, Niraj, the renegade pharmacist. So welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Absolute pleasure to be here, Shana. Wonderful. So um, I have done breath work many times in my life, and I know there are various kinds of breath work, various kinds of ways that we can all meditate. And we've talked about several of them on the show, but I was really interested in your work in particular and how you're kind of marrying uh, the frequencies of sound and music. I also love the concept of your um, an acronym for love, level of vibrational energy. And certainly that's yeah. in alignment with everything that we talk about here on the show. So yes. before we dive into kind of your mission and how you created it, um, I wonder if you could take us back to, you know, what exactly had you either get this download or birth this or what might you have been going through in your life um, to have you see the need for the work that you do in the world today? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually a... Uh, pharmacists by qualification I went to university and all that and uh, I've had a job working as a community pharmacist for about seven years but this was like a deep insight into the healthcare profession basically in the UK and how um, I mean how little healthcare it really provides in my opinion and I just saw so many people going away like literally shopping bags full of drugs um, every single month, you know, so I was very helpless. Like I felt very helpless in, in that profession and I was just disillusioned. And in, according to Ayurveda, the, in the ancient Indian system of, um, of medicine, the most disease is a spiritual disturbance when you've gone off your alignment, when your, your emotional energy has become very low for too long period of time, basically chronic stress and you're chronically stressed. Um, so that took its toll on me in the end. And I actually, I'm not gonna go super deep into that story, but I actually was promoted to the health, uh, the, uh, one of the biggest corporations in the world in the head office. I, was, I came up with this concept of getting people off medications using diet, nutrition, with this healthy shopping service, which would have helped a lot of people, but it was eventually considered too controversial. And, um, you know, getting people off medications and healing people with diet was way too controversial back in 2010. So I actually ended up like having that uh, facing going back to my previous job as a pharmacist. And it was just so soul destroying. And, and I just had such a loss of hope for humanity because I just couldn't believe that like some a company in such a big position of power who could help so many people didn't want to do the, the right thing. So anyway, I ended up getting an autoimmune condition at this point uh, called ulcerative colitis. And actually autoimmune as well, um, if you look at it from an Ayurvedic perspective, basically it's your immune system attacking itself. And every single cell has a consciousness in your body. And that cell determines whether, um, with its own consciousness, whether something is safe or unsafe. And if you are constantly feeling like a fear in your environment, if you're feeling negative, um, about the world, if you lose your connection with spirit, for example, like I 
I like became an a super atheist. Like lost all my hope for humanity and lost my connection with with God and all of that. When I was actually before that quite spiritual, um, you know, in, like just intuitively, I was like a spiritual person. But I just lost it all and became very depressed. And boom, it was no surprise I got all that fear manifest, all that depression, that stress manifest into a disease. And and in Ayurveda, they tell you, they show you exactly where you're more susceptible according to your energy type. And for me, it's the colon. And actually, the colon is an area where we um, we store a lot of uh, like emotions, like fear. It tends to affect this area um, in in people who are prone to anxiety and fear. And uh, so I, I actually ended up getting ulcerative colitis, which left me housebound for like a year. You're like literally shedding blood like 40 times a day. It's horrible. And um, I surrendered to the medical profession and I took all the medication you're supposed to take. Within a couple of months, I stopped taking them because the side effects were horrendous. They were just not helping me at all. And I was eventually facing, because um, I'd lost so much weight, facing surgery or being a guinea pig for a drug. These were the two choices the consultant gave me. And I thankfully, like, they say that God stands with gift of desperation, but I thankfully, thankfully, like, went very deep on, um, I was extremely desperate. And luckily, someone came to my rescue, um, Swami Ambikananda in the UK, and she taught me um, foundation of pranayama yoga meditation. She said, like, actually, if you've, you've got a gift here, because you can heal yourself uh, from this condition uh, without the medications, you'd be an amazing role model to other people. So long story short, within a few months, um, by going deep on these ancient practices, Ayurveda, Pranayama, Yoga, meditation, and actually going back to my passion and music, I, like, I went on this crazy journey of just going deep on holistic practices. And my mission was to put a as much science behind this as possible and make it as accessible as possible so that other people didn't have to suffer. Because when I was working in a corporation, I could see so many people were sick. You know, they were sick, frustrated, depressed, angry. And I could see that there are many of those were also on a path to um, getting some kind of chronic illness. And, you know, we have a big problem of, of chronic illnesses in the world, emotionally related chronic illness, especially things like anxiety and depression. So, um, yeah, so that took me on a, a mission, and since then it's been an incredible journey. And um, I developed this system we call Soma, which really works with your breath, with your breathing, because the ancient yogis also realize that um, in their quest of trying to uh, better themselves and, and reach the highest potential, that the breath is the one mechanism we have, we all possess. It allows us to control the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is what um, produces all of the chemicals and the, you know, the hormones, all the things that make changes in your body, makes your body function. And um, your mind, everything functions uh, as a result of nerve impulses, neuro neurology and, and, and our interpretation of it. So being in control of this autonomic nervous system uh, allows you to have more sense of control over your own life i mean we can't be in control of everything that happens to us but we can be in control of our reaction to it and how we react to things in life and with that you can actually break free 
of a lot of the negative uh, emotional triggers that can happen in your life, um, which lead to stress and, and disease. So yeah, this is what I've been helping people do is to break free of that. It's incredible. What is the legend of Soma? Oh yes, good question. So Soma, the reason I called this Soma is because it actually, um, it goes back to a very important story, a legend in the Rig Veda. The Rig Veda is the world's most, um, uh, probably the oldest religious manuscript that exists. And it's thousands and thousands of years ago old. And nobody really knows actually how old the, the material in it is because it was passed down like in oral traditions. So it was only written down like say 5,000 years ago. So it could have been way older. It could be it's super ancient knowledge and wisdom from the Vedic times. So um, basically in there, there's a story, a reference to the psychedelic concoction called Soma. Soma um, is like a catch-all name, you'd say, for all shamanic kind of practices involving psychedelic plants um, and plant medicines and mushrooms, magic mushrooms, things like that. Things that take you out of your ordinary perception into the altered states of consciousness that allowed the ancients to speak to the spirit world, to, to have this inspired thought, to divine all the sacred knowledge that became the foundations of... Um, of the civilizations and, and helped humanity grow um, and evolve and to move out of barbarianism into more civilized kind of communities and living in nature and, and harmony. So basically what happened was apparently, according to this legend, the Soma runs out or it starts to become controlled like it is now. Uh, we have drug companies controlling, you know, healthcare. We have um, governments controlling what, things you can consume and can't consume. So there was a time when this started to happen, where control started to happen um, as populations expanded. Also, Soma doesn't grow everywhere. So people uh, found it like hard to find it or grow it. So this meant people freaked out because they were addicted to the Soma for their bliss, their happiness. And much like we are today, in today's day and age, we're, we're so hooked on substances you know, for our bliss and happiness and drugs and things for our medical benefits. Just like that, uh, people freaked out and wanted to go inwards to discover how to create the soma within. So imagine soma is the ultimate bliss molecule that we all possess endogenously that gives us this direct access to the divine, to the spirit. Um, if you ever do any psychedelic mushrooms or anything like that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about is this divine connection to the universal oneness of everything that exists. And they were like adamant that we could create this from within. So through that quest, they created the practice of Tantra. So Tantra really was the art of moving energy through the body in order to create the bliss from within. So you're not dependent on anything else um, externally for your own happiness and bliss. This, and this would allow you to break free. And obviously Tantra, yoga, they go hand in hand. And it's not just, Tantra is not just all about sex. Like that's a whole misconception. Tantra is really the art of moving energy and creating states of ecstasy. And yoga is the philosophy, the mindset. And through that, through the branches of that came uh, Pranayama, um, Ayurveda, all of these practices that enhance your life, that allow you to live um, in balance and in harmony with everything that exists. So 
that that um, was uh, the origin of pranayama. And in pranayama, there's a technique called kumbhaka. Kumbhaka is the most revered technique in pranayama of all, which is the foundation of the soma breath techniques. And I learned through through studying all this how we can tap in using kumbhaka, how we can use these ancient practices to turn off our immune system, to to turn it on, to influence our metabolism, to control our body temperature, even control our heart rate, lower blood pressure, things like that naturally. And through that, I realized that we have our own inner pharmacy. We literally have our own inner pharmacy where we create all the substances that exist already in nature. We already produce them within endogenously. So through the breath, through these practices, the energy moving practices, we can actually create our own medicines. We can create our own bliss molecules. We can create any, any substance we want if we know how, and there's a code to it. And that's basically what we put into SOMA. SOMA is like a series of techniques that allows you to tap in to these various functions in your body. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so what is, for somebody that, I know there's obviously just like, there's so many different practices of yoga, there's different practices of breath work. How would you describe SOMA and what you feel differentiates it? Yeah, this is great. So, so basically, there is so many different ways of doing yoga, right? Now, you, I'm a little bit cynical about um, <clears throat> the mass um, kind of manufacturing and marketing of stuff. Because if you want to sell something on scale, you need to find a way to systematize it. And if you look at the, a lot of the yoga that's practiced today, it's systematized. So you go into a class, check in and check out. Within an hour, there's a set routine. You follow that and you're done, right? Which means you're going from one pose to the next very quickly through a sequence. And that's not how yoga was designed. It was never designed to be practiced like a factory, like in a gym, like an aerobics workout. Yoga is designed to be anaerobic. I learned this through um, firstly healing myself you know, my, through my Swami's teachings, but then also... Uh, traveling to the Himalayas, I spend time with a doctor who's a yogi who has a clinic there and he helps um, patients with pranayama and yoga um, in favor of like allopathic medications. And um, just also meeting amazing people. There's like an amazing guy called Wim Hof um, and he's a yogi and he does this ancient Himalayan form of yoga from Tibet as well. And so I, I, I just went deep into this ancient practice of yoga, which it has not been corrupted and it's actually much less uh, asanas. Like there's so many different asanas now that were added in more recent times. In the last 70 years or so, a lot of the poses, yoga poses were added. Um, and they, there was a lot of um, uh, mix between gymnastics and yoga that happened in the last 70 years. Whereas actually the ancient style of yoga was an anaerobic exercise, which means in the absence of oxygen, where you would hold each pose to the point of exhaustion like it's a meditation. Now, there's a reason for doing this, because when you hold a contraction for uh, the point of exhaustion, what happens is, and if you just like contract your bicep, for example, if you do a bicep curl and just contract your bicep, the blood supply is now stopped from going to that muscle during that exercise. What that means, that reduced blood supply, it means the muscle is forced to adapt uh, to less oxygen and it causes 
it to produce more energy um, uh, supply, more myoglobin. Uh, you get better blood flow to that muscle, and it, it's how you get stronger. Okay, you go you're going past the comfort zone a little bit, and that forces you to get stronger. And this hypoxic condition, which is this little like lowering of oxygen for a short period of time, is a trigger this hypoxic state for muscle growth for tendon growth, cartilage growth, or improved blood flow, increased blood flow to that area. So the yogis realize that through a system of fun functional contraction, which is what yoga should be, you can actually get stronger bones, stronger cartilage, stronger tendons. And it's an amazing all-round whole body exercise. So that's the way we do yoga. We do yoga in a different way. And with that, everyone has a different length of time they can hold a pose. So it's very hard to systematize it. So it's not very easy to scale this in, in, a, in, in lots of <laughs> yoga classes around the world. So that's probably why it went off that track. So do you do it in group then? And it's a very flow as people, you know, as people get to their point where they're gonna release the muscle contraction, that just happens as people need to do it. And then you flow to the next thing. How does that look? Yeah, so the way we would do the class is that we would work on just a small set every day. So you wouldn't do the entire sequence every day because you'd be spending hours doing a yoga class. But especially like advanced people, they can hold, I mean, I can hold now a pose for significantly longer, like I would say 10 times longer than I used to when I began doing this. So we would set, we would work on a, a sequence which involves the, the pranayama, it goes into the meditation and yoga, and you just work on like maybe the sitting poses for each session, if we're gonna do it as a group. But this is actually also a very good individual practice. So, you know, you can learn the foundations. In our, in, in our courses, we teach people the basic asanas through uh, video training and also come to our retreats in, in person. And then once you know how to do it, they're very simple. They're, you're not doing any crazy gymnastics. They're very simple poses, but they work on every single muscle group in your body and, and bone uh, group in your body. So this means that you're getting a whole body workout, and you're, but you're not doing crazy poses that nobody can do. You know? You're not doing Instagram-worthy poses usually. So um, <laughs> but that, what, that, what that means is that um, you can do it on your own and you can find your own time and you can do it um, uh, in your own, you know, in your, your own skill levels. But as a group, we tend to focus on just a small set each day. And then each day we, we change the set that we do. That's great. What is the difference, like in your experience, like you said, you know, now, obviously, as you've advanced, you're all, you're able to hold the poses like 10 times longer than when you started. Is there yeah. a certain experience that you go through, like just looking back on when you used to hold them, you know, for a shorter amount of time, like what is going on for you in the process of holding a pose, like beyond that threshold of maybe when you feel like it gets a little uncomfortable? Yeah. Just if you could put that into words, what is that for you? Okay, so, so actually when I first started doing yoga, um, I was put off by it because you go to a yoga class. I, I, I lived in San Diego for a, a while and they're like, there's some super pros, you know, like every class is full of these incredibly slim, flexible, like yogis who can do all, all sorts of incredible moves. And it's pretty intense, like aerobic workouts. So if you're not used to 
that kind of exercise. And I hadn't done any yoga before that, like really, like seriously. Um, it can be uh, quite daunting. So you go in there and I couldn't even touch my toes when there's people doing all kinds of weird moves. Um, and that put me off yoga for a long time, uh, actually, because I couldn't even touch my toes. And I would go to all of these, uh, these like vinyasa flow type classes and I just found it so hard to just bend. I was not flexible whatsoever. Then I started learning about the breath and now the breath works with each pose. So when we're doing soma yoga, you're, you're breathing in or holding your breath in uh, with your air in your lungs or out of your lungs, depending on whether you're bending backwards or forwards um, in a pose. And with specific breathing uh, techniques, rhythms of breath, you actually, in, within, I'm not kidding, within the first session of doing this, I was touching my toes. And I've, I've done this with a lot of people where you actually get this incent, amazing sense of like self-confidence when for the first time maybe ever you're able to touch your toes or bend forward or forward bend properly and things like that. And actually everyone can do it. You just have to do the right breathing and have the right patience with the way you're doing the pose. Uh, it's hard to explain, but um, but what happens is like very quickly your body loosens up. Okay, and the reason why most people can't bend and they're not flexible is because of tension, tension, right? So tension, chronic tension, is unfortunately one of the first um, signs of of a chronic disease that's going to happen because chronic tension means diminished blood flow to the joints, organs muscles okay and chronic tension basically is when you're stiff right you're rigid you're a rigid stiff person so like me coming out of a corporate world i was extremely rigid very very stiff i was full of like tension okay my and your mind is also related to that so when you breathe properly when you do the right breathing techniques with the yoga pose the tension fades away okay and it's amazing feeling like you'll feel like this warmth come over you this a sudden sense of good feelings kind of comes through you and you start to bend and be flexible for the first time but you have to do the right breathing and and you have to control the, the mind through the breath retentions and uh, i mean I, I can talk more about that but your mind and your thoughts are very much related to how you breathe erratic breathing leads to erratic thoughts and actually slowing your breathing down calms the thoughts down and when you hold your breath in certain ways, it becomes like a meditation where you actually can still the mind completely uh, down and tension just fades away. So you imagine every thought that you have leads to tension, whether it's good or bad. So that's why meditation is so important because it allows you to quieten the mind down and release tension in the body. And that in itself can be very healing for people who suffer from a lot of chronic tension. And I would say that almost uh, four out of five people I meet in England are suffering from chronic tension. And chronic tension is not something you may really experience uh, straight away as the problem, but it's something that you will start to feel over years of chronic tension you know, uh, being present. And um, you know, people are stiff and rigid and, and chronic pain is another, re uh, another um, result of chronic tension. So Soma Yoga, these techniques, uh, can allow people to actually release a lot of this tension and get rid of chronic pain at the same time.
That's so great. It's really true over, you know, when you look at, I have a son who's seven and they just, you know, their bodies are so agile, right? And they just flip over and they don't get hurt and they do all these things. And I was thinking of that one day and I was thinking, it's just at what point, right? Do Does the average adult like stop using their body to the point where, you know, obviously when people get older, like the typical story is can't turn their neck all the way to one side or another, you know, certainly can't bend over and touch their feet. And, and it's like all this moving through life and the tension and the stress and the lack of physical, you know, motion and breath and activity and all of that just converging. Um, definitely, you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying about tension being kind of at the root and yet like everything in life, when it's progressively getting worse and worse, people don't notice it. Right. It's like just so subtle and it gets, and it's adding on and adding on. And it's like all of a sudden, Oh gosh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. So, um, I think it's really powerful. And I'm wondering, I know you use a lot of, um, different music within the work as well. Can you talk about just like the frequency of music and that interplay with, with breath and yoga and moving the body? Yes, certainly. Yes. So music is my big passion. It's what I um, was, I, you know, when I was a, a kid, I got my first keyboard and it was like just divine connection. It was like what I felt I was born to do. But I, you know, life happened and I um, lost my passion for it because I, many, that's a long story, but I ended up then becoming a pharmacist and I forgot about making music for a long time. And it was going back into, uh, when I was trying to heal myself, going back into that creativity that was, I would say, a huge part of my cure. Because music, just the art of making music, for example, for a start, is so good for the brain. Like, it engages the whole brain. So that's an amazing thing. And just doing something that you love to do every day is an amazing thing. However, even just listening to amazing art, like any music that you love lights up the brain. Okay. It does stuff to the brain. Um, and it makes people feel good and feeling good is what we're talking about. The level of vibrational energy, um, is extremely important. Like to feel good, not like, um, all the time. I'm not talking about faking it or anything like that. I'm talking about just doing something every day that raises your level of vibrational energy. If you imagine, energy is um emotion is energy in motion right so how you feel is related to the energy in your body so if you are like feeling low and apathetic and your mood is low um if you practice doing that every day what happens you get really good at being in that emotional state however if you practice being happy every day your brain will change according to that and you'll become happier over time I'm not, I'm not talking about completely faking it and, and spiritual bypass and all that stuff. No, I'm talking about just doing something that, that makes you feel good every day. And for a lot of people, it's like listening to music, okay? Doing something, like listening to, to favorite artists, dancing, that kind of stuff. However, music can also have a purpose to it. So there's different types of music. Obviously, there's like the kind of mainstream pop music, which I'm not always a big fan of. But then there's like more spiritual music music that has a purpose and intention. And if you look at the ancient music uh, from like uh, the India, for example, which is where I come from, there's many ancient cultures that use music as a tool for healing and, and bringing tribes together and communities together. But in India, like music went hand in hand with these practices like pranayama, yoga, okay? But it's been kind of lost over time. 
Because music has a rhythm to it and has a flow to it and it can take you on a journey. And when you combine breath with music, and this is what I, I started to figure out how to do, um, you can actually change the state in the body very quickly, like the how you feel very quickly. So how you breathe, as I said, directly influences your um, your uh, your physiology. So when you breathe in certain rhythms, okay, and say music has a rhythm to it, and you breathe, and you allow the music to be your guide to your breath. So say music has the beat to it, like a four to the four bleat. So that's a frequency, okay? A tempo. A tempo is like a frequency of music. So when you when you breathe in for four beats and breathe out for four beats, that takes you into a perfect harmonic state of breath. Where you're breathing in and out for the same length of time. And your breath is also related to your nervous system. So when you breathe in, you stimulate sympathetic nervous system. When you breathe out, you stimulate parasympathetic nervous system. So if you're breathing in and out at the same rate, you're actually balancing your nervous system, okay? And our music that we've created actually guides you through that. And plus, I add other layers to it. I add other um, melodies and tones to it, which actually help you feel even, even better. Like it raises your emotion uh, even more. Because um, the music is, is very blissful, very therapeutic, very, it, it's like borrows like inspiration from the ancients who would use like certain melodies and, and tones to um, take you into certain like, like uh, emotional states. Um, you know, so that's something that's been a little bit lost in mainstream pop music, but the journey music of the ancients, like uh, some of the most beautiful, like kind of rug, rugs and, um, um, and like this kind of classical Indian music with different percussion instruments and stuff and sitars can be so emotive and so and so blissful and just, just by listening to it. But when you breathe with it, it takes it to another level. And that's the thing that I figured out. That's a unique thing I figured out with Soma is that this breathing in beats, this breathing in a rhythm can actually be so profound. So we have like music that takes you on this 4-4 rhythmical journey. You also have music that takes you on this 2-4 rhythmical journey where you're breathing out for twice the length that you breathe in. Okay, that's another frequency. So you're, you're doubling your exhale. And what that does, because when you breathe out, you stimulate parasympathetic nervous system. You breathe in, you stimulate your sympathetic. Actually, it turns on your parasympathetic nervous system, switches off stress, and makes you feel like ready to go to sleep. It can also help you digest your food. It puts you into this rest and digest mode, this healing state. So just through uh, this rhythmic breathing to music, you can actually change your whole emotional state and physiological state. So actually what I've created is like a series of journeys and um, short sequences that work like little uh, digital pills, I'll call them, uh, for various functions that you want to uh, invoke in your body. So if you want to be in flow, we have a, a sequence for that. If you want to uh, digest your food, we have a digestion session. If you want to go to sleep, we have a sleep session. Because what you can also do is you can combine affirmations or mantras, which are just affirmations, you know, like saying um, a command to your subconscious mind over and over with, with the sequence and you can create different results, like digestion, sleep, um, healing, you know, rejuvenation, rest, stuff like that. And yeah, so that's that's how we brought music into it. 
there are also other technologies out there like brainwave entrainment. And I actually started off making kind of brainwave entrainment music and a lot of hypnotherapists use my music. And um, so brainwave entrainment has like pulses of sound, which are frequencies of rhythms that take you into brainwave states. But I found now that in my experience that there's nothing that compares to combining breath with rhythmical music um, or mood enhancing music. Uh, it works way, way faster and more efficiently than brainwave entrainment. Brainwave entrainment is very, <clears throat> very passive. You just, you just sit back and listen to the music. But when you use inspiration from this kind of meditation music with breath and rhythm, it just takes it to a whole new level. So that's the evolution of Soma. Like what we've done is, is taken like this kind of music technology and this world and the science of musical therapy and just taken it to the next level by combining it with rhythms and breath. Yeah. Mm, so beautiful. And you have, <laughs> don't you have a, like a, a free either masterclass or something that you offer that kind of talks, takes people into this a little bit deeper? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have um, on our website, if you go to somabreath.com, you can actually sign up just from the homepage. Or if you go forward slash awaken, uh, you can actually sign up for our um, free like guided uh, meditation and webinar, which goes into the science of all this in more depth. And I also show you using uh, devices like a pulse oximeter, what's actually happening and with your heart rate and with the oxygen levels during these these processes and I talk more about the science and I talk more about um, the how-to, how to do these techniques and you get a taste of our uh, daily dose. Our daily dose is this 22-minute session um, which we have actually now had studies done um, by a scientist, a neuroscientist did a study uh, with a small group, we're going to do it with a bigger group, uh, it costs a lot of money to do studies uh, but we've done it with a group which has given us these incredible results where we have shown that in just in 22 minutes, okay, because remember the way I've created Soma was um, to replace the psychedelic plant, like, um, you know, like the ancients, they, they devised these techniques to replace their need for substances to get the bliss from within. So in just 22 minutes, we found, okay, that and I actually this baffled me because I didn't think the 22 minute session would be this potent. That he found that it had the same brain map, uh, the brainwave frequencies as a dose of a single dose of psychedelics like mushrooms. They, they compared it to psilocybin, which is a very common um, uh, psychedelic, and it's also like a big talk talking point at the moment in the media because. They're legalizing mushrooms for um, psychotherapy. I'm a big advocate of that. I think it should be legalized. I think it's an amazing tool because it can show, it's been shown in studies to have almost 80% uh, reversal of, uh, of severe depression, which is very hard to treat. And most antidepressants on the market don't even touch it and actually cause more problems. Whereas psilocybin, because the way it works, what it does is it quietens this area of the brain called the default mode network, the activity of it. This area of the brain is your, who you are. It's your sense of self, it's your ego, it's, it's the realms of what you know. It's what keeps you into the realms of, of, of all of the conditioning and imprints that have happened since you're born. 
And when you quieten this down, what happens, and with psilocybin, what it does is it leaves a higher brainwave frequency called gamma across the whole brain. And when you get to the state, this is the point of divine connection, okay? Scientifically shown where you're connecting your subconscious mind with your conscious mind. So you imagine what the default mode network does is it is the bridge between your consciousness and your subconsciousness, your autonomic nervous system and your conscious waking state. And it brings it together and it creates this whole brain alignment, okay? And that's why you get these sudden massive inspirational moments of doses of psilocybin. And what it does is also alters your perception so you see things with a different light. You see problems in a new way. You change your perception about past events and you no longer see them as, as um, traumatic things. And that actually can be extremely healing and very profound. It can lead to not just healing of trauma, but it can lead to extreme inspired thought, great works of art, and even communicating with a spirit consciousness, which doesn't normally appear in, in our waking state. And uh, this is what the shamans and mystics would, would attempt to get into these states using things like psychedelics. However, with just a 22 minute session, we were able to invoke the same brain map, the same um, uh, the quietening of the default mode network and re relieving a gamma wave frequency across the whole brain in just 22 minutes. And people were reporting in the, in the, in the, the, uh, the questionnaire, which they use all states of consciousness, uh, the same kinds of um, oneness, connection, uh, complete no mind state, um, like where they experience this other thought that came from having zero thought. It's, it's a strange thing to, to like, try and explain, but you, you kind of need to do it um, to, to really, really understand what I'm talking about. And it is profound. It's amazing that just with 22 minute meditation session like this with breath and music, that you can get these same states. So I actually give you that um, experience in this webinar. So you can sign up for that. Well. Amazing. Yes. Somabreath.com. Lots of amazing tools on here. And I highly recommend it. I mean, like you said, it's hard to describe exactly the experience. I think that's kind of what makes it so beautiful is yeah. it's truly something you have to, you have to. And I love the part that you said where brain entrainment is one thing, but it's passive. And to fully involve yourself in, you know, in breath work, in yoga poses, to to incorporate all of your movement and your physicality along with your higher spiritual consciousness and opening up new doorways and gateways is mm. something so profound. And, um, it, it, it transcends, I always say it transcends words. It's something that you can't fully grasp in the human linear three-dimensional, um, verbal conversation. And I think that's why so often people, you have an amazing video on your website where people are trying to describe what they've experienced and, and you can see the bliss on their face. And, and they're, <laughs> it's like they're trying to gather the words for it because there really isn't 
words that distill it down. So I highly recommend going to somabreath.com um, and looking into this work. I think it's really profound. And I'm going to ask you four questions that we ask all of our guests. And it's an sure. opportunity to just share your journey, to just be be the traveler, be the journeyman um, in your own personal journey and share some things that might have recently come up in your life or that you are looking at things that you're growing through. So the first question is um, based on truth. And I believe that truth is a big catalyst in our lives. And we come across sometimes these very powerful truths that can literally open up new perspectives or have us move forward in our life in a whole new way. So what is a, a deep, profound truth that you've realized recently? Oh, wow. This is great. Great question. So um, I think for, I would say like talking again about um, what is the purpose of, of these things like meditation and, you know, and even doing yoga or any of these things, what is it really for? What are we doing it for? And the, I've, this is something I've known, but I, I, I really consolidated it into the teachings of Soma recently. And that is, that there's a difference between free will, okay, and the idea of free will and whether it even exists and what the true will is, what our true will is. So there's these two schools of thought, like that we have no free will, okay, which is the more um, Buddhist uh, Eastern philosophy that we're born with a set of conditions and, uh, and um, actions that we must uh, like kind of surrender to and and this uh, process of meditation is like a, a way of surrendering to this imprinting programming that we are born with so we're like basically like robots um and we should forgive one another for everything um and forget uh all the problems that cause because humans are just robots playing out condition programs and imprints however there's the western school of thought where everything is your fault. The moment you're born, you have a choice, you have free will, and whether to go to heaven or hell. And if you do the wrong things in this life, you're gonna to go to hell. And if you do the right things, you're gonna to go to heaven. And that's quite, unfortunately, quite a vengeful, um, kind of unforgiving, uh, like way of looking at the world. And you can see a lot of the problems that have been created by religions that prescribe to that belief system. And I believe there's a third path, um, which is actually more of the tantric path, which is the idea that, yes, we are born and we are, the moment we're born, we are bombarded by influences from the environment, from our parents, from interactions from the media, advertising, which is just hypnotizing and programming you to be a certain way. I call it the cultural hypnosis that's <laughs> going on. And we are, we are programmed like robots to carry out certain programs and live a certain way of life and you know you can see in certain cultures where um this is extremely obvious you know people are just doing the same thing over and over again repeating the same lifestyles of their parents and never really changing or moving out of um that and venturing into to to um new kind of frontiers and and, and, and new ways of life there are a few renegades that break free and go and do their own thing, but on the whole, a lot, there's a lot of status quo that is maintained. And you can see how the media like, pretty much hypnotizes people into a certain way of life. It's very obvious. It's one of the reasons I don't watch TV anymore. I don't even, like, 
I, I rarely look at like mainstream newspapers. And when I do, and I read a newspaper uh, article, I can't, I'm like in hysterics. Like there's so much like bias these days in a lot of the mainstream media, trying to get you to prescribe to a certain worldview, you know, and it's often for a, another agenda, not your own best interests, somebody else's best interests. So, you know, that's one thing I very much learned is that we have to be very mindful of the information that we allow into our consciousness. And the third part is that yes, through the part of uh, self-realization, self-actualization, you'll realize how much of the things you do habitually, it's not really what you want to be doing. It's not your true will. And that free will idea is that we are we, we really um, have been programmed to uh, according to someone else's will, to somebody else's will and idea of what they want you to be. Now, when you do these meditation practices, like where you quiet down the default mode network, and maybe another reason why psychedelic medicines are um, plant medicines are banned all over the world. Because what they do is they bring you into a state where you start to, um, the true will emerges, your truth comes out. And you start to see the world really for what it is. And it can actually be quite traumatic at first. You might <laughs> start looking at everyone and the whole society is completely mad and insane. But you may also start looking at it as, um, yeah, a lot of people are mad and insane, but still we're heading towards um, a better future. We're constantly progressing. So you, through this, you can actually change your perception of reality by going deep and quieting the mind, clearing away the clutter of the thought files. You can start to see the world with an incredible change of perception. Like you just have to look at the media right now. There's so much noise and fear mongering about the climate. And, and yeah, there's people saying the world's going to end in 10 years and we should get rid of all fossil fuels and all this. And I think it's alarmist and I think it's madness. And when you start to quiet the mind and you, you, you go back within, you start to see the truth, the reality, the true will emerges. And you see that actually we're the most abundant time that we've ever been. There's more food um, available than ever before. There's less poverty. There's less war. There's less uh, terrorism. There's less of almost all the negative things that we've had in the past. And there's more abundance and we have technology. We have an incredible world and an amazing planet. And with that, you become extremely grateful and hopeful. And I am like, I prescribe to that school of thought. I'm, I'm an optim extreme optimist. And I believe that if we are more optimistic and less pessimistic as a society, as a world, we will grow into incredible society that we can't even imagine right now. Yeah, so beautiful. I agree. And the mm. second question is, um, what is something recently that you have released, be it a person, be it a mindset, be it a way of looking something? I know as we travel through these different perspectives and lenses, and especially if you're on a deep growth path, it can feel like you're moving through frequencies of information and moving through many things very quickly. Um, so what is something that you feel like is no longer present in your life as of recent? Right. Um, I've released um, the, I've released being um, so particular about everything I do. Like I, I'm, I'm much, like I used to be super like into diets 
nutrition and you know like having a specific routine you must get up at this time and do this and and work out and do this and do this which is great is i i think people do that you should do that it's great however it can get to a point where it's like and it's silly and it's annoying and you don't need to be so pedantic about everything in life and actually i'm now i just have a simple more simple rules in my life i've left i've got rid of so many restrictions and more i'm much more open and i have very few expectations i don't expect anything i've let go of expectation and through that i I have so many more positive surprises coming my way. I don't get disappointed and my life is more flexible. I I actually travel a lot. I'm, you know, right now I'm in Bali. Last week I was in India and in a couple of weeks I'll be in Thailand and I'm almost every month I'm going somewhere else doing these workshops and things. And I I have to keep simple lifestyle routines. I can't be too specific about what I eat, you know. I can't like be super fussy about stuff. So I've let go of being fussy, let go of expectation and um re- regimented re- routines. Mm, that's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and what would you say from letting go of those three things has how has that affected your experience of life meaning like on a daily basis from everything from maybe something that's this all pragmatic stuff to stuff that feels very like higher consciousness. What's the change? Oh, I'm just so much more in the flow and more creative and happier because everything that comes to me I'm super grateful for. Even the negative things, you know, I'm like, wow, this is a great challenge, you know. And in the past I'd blame something that I did for that negative thing appearing. It's not always the case, you know, quite often it's just you can't fortunately shit happens, you know, bad stuff happens. You can't avoid it all. So, you, you know, without having expectation uh i am just so much more present in the moment in the flow and i just look at every moment as just an incredible time to be alive yeah. mm, i love it so beautiful yeah. um so the last question is what for you keeps you in alignment in alignment yeah okay so what keeps me in alignment is uh okay i'm i'm very very much uh these are one this is one thing i do actually have a, a, a more of a rule about in my life and that is who you surround yourself with so i believe that you are the products of the last five messages that you you know you have on a regular basis with someone so so there's five there's probably five people on your facebook chat that you speak to all the time right often and you are the product of that consciousness and they are the products of your consciousness you become i call it your supermind like the people you interact with on a regular day-to-day basis is your supermind so you got to be you've got to be careful about who you let in into that sphere of influence because you will become that those people and i in order to stay aligned i have very people who are very aligned to my mission in my sphere of influence i've made decisions in the past where i brought in somebody who had a lot of money as a business partner or had um a lot of uh, success you know like material success and i thought that they would be a good fit for the for our business when it was the worst mistake because um they weren't aligned to my values so having people around you who are very aligned will keep you aligned to your trajectory um so that's who you surround yourself with is super important 
That I'm so glad you brought that up. And it's so beautiful. And I feel like I talk about that till I'm blue in the face, because I think it's the thing that we least realize is the most impactful thing in our life. Like, I always use the example, like, it's so much easier to move through the world with people that move through the world that are in alignment with you than trying to fight a bunch of energy, right? Or fight against a bunch of energy around you that doesn't feel doesn't feel good and doesn't feel in alignment. It's like you're in a constant battle trying to fight for your truth. um, When why not hang around with people that share, you know, a similar value system, a similar truth with you and then literally lift up your energy and you get to lift up there. So cheers to that. I love that share. And, um, and you guys go to somabreath.com. I feel the power in this work. Um, and I just want to thank you for being here with us and thank you for, I know you're on the other side of the world of us for taking your time, um, this morning for you, this evening for me to be here and share this moment with us. I think what you're doing is amazing and staying in alignment and keeping people around the company that are in alignment is only going to continue to just lift it up to where it belongs. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's one of my favorite interviews I've done for sure. Oh, wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so much for being yes. here. Thank Bye-bye. you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.